Welcome to another edition of Bayou Business Download, a podcast from the Greater Houston Partnership where we dive into the data and analytics influencing the region's economy. I'm your host, AJ Mistretta, and I'm joined again by Partnership Senior Vice President of Research, Patrick Jankowski. Today, we're going to give you some insight into the global economy, how it affects us here in Houston during normal times, and what the coronavirus pandemic means for international business here now and in the months and years to come. Patrick, thanks for joining me again today. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Thanks for having me on again. Patrick, I want to start where we are today in terms of job losses globally. What do we know about the situation around the world right now in terms of jobs? Well, there, there are two different assessments out there, two different studies. One is by the UN itself. And the UN is, is thinking that uh, in the informal economy, well over a billion jobs could be at risk. Those are those people who don't work in an office, don't work in a factory, but might work in a market or frankly might work in a sweatshop or, or work in a little restaurant or something. But there's a probably more relevant to what we're doing here in Houston is the study done by the Asian Development Bank. And the Asian Development Bank is thinking that the global economy will, will probably lose anywhere between 158 million and 224 million jobs. And the difference between those numbers is 158 is if we start to recover fairly quickly and there's not, not a second outbreak. The 224 deals with if we do not recover quickly and there is a second outbreak. So we're looking at easily losing probably 160 million jobs globally. Can I kind of put that in perspective for you? Yeah, please. When we say 160 million jobs, that's about all the jobs we had in the U.S. prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Just to kind of put it in perspective, if we wanted to add and get to that 224, that'd be like adding all the jobs in the U.S. and all the jobs in Japan together and losing all that as a result of the pandemic. Globally, yeah. And the significant number of jobs we're talking about. And, you know, talking about you know, where we are right now in this country in terms of GDP. Uh, let's, let's pivot there. Okay, uh, numbers have come out. They were just revised last week. The first quarter GDP went down by about 5%. Okay. Uh, earlier estimate was 4.8%. That's 5% in the first quarter. And you need to think about this. The quarter is literally 13 weeks. And we didn't start shutting down the economy until mid-March. So we didn't start shutting down the economy until the last two weeks of the quarter. Right. So two weeks of shutdown, we saw a 5% drop in the GDP, which really makes me worried about what we're going to see in the second quarter when we've been shut down for most of the second quarter. You know, jobless claims in the U.S. have slowed a bit from a few weeks ago, but they're still growing pretty fast. What are we seeing in terms of overall jobless claims here domestically? The claims that we're seeing, actually a little over 40 million. And that's been since mid-March up until almost the end of May. That 40 million kind of helps you understand why we see such a big drop in GDP. We had that 40 million jobs lost. Now, there's a survey that was done by the Wall Street Journal. They do a survey of uh, prominent economists. And the last time they did the survey, uh, the consensus was GDP will probably fall by a, a third in the second quarter. And that kind of makes sense if you consider GDP falling by a third and, and our total number of jobs falling by one fourth. You know, the two numbers kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, we always want to look to some historical precedent for comparing the current situation to something, you know, in our past. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were comparing this to the Great Recession of 2008-2009. Now we're comparing it to the Great Depression, actually. Why is that? Well, early on when we were comparing it to the Great Recession, we didn't know how bad the job loss was going to be. 
Uh, in Houston, in the Great Recession, we lost about 110,000 jobs. Two weeks ago, it looked like we'd only lost 330,000 jobs. Now we're looking at losing a fourth of the jobs in Houston, a fourth of the jobs nationwide. In, in the Great Depression of the 30s, we weren't keeping very good data back then, but scholars have gone back and estimated, and they think we lost one in every four jobs in the 30s. And that's pretty much where we are right now like as a result of the latest data on unemployment insurance claims that we've lost a fourth of the jobs in the U.S. It's interesting. It took us a couple years to lose a fourth of the jobs during the Great Depression. It only took us a couple weeks to lose a fourth of the jobs in this global pandemic. As part of the Texas and Houston economy begins to reopen, there are a few interesting metrics that you and your team are looking at to gauge any uptick in economic activity. One of those is parking stats, uh, specifically downtown. Why is that barometer useful and what is it telling us right now? Okay, you touched upon it. We're trying to find out about how well the economy is reopening. And we can get some sense. You can just go to the restaurant and see how full the restaurant is or go to some of the other apps out there, but trying to get somebody of how many people are returning back to the office, how many people are, are returning to the white collar jobs out there. Uh, the downtown is one of the biggest or largest business centers we have. We, we have a business center in Greenway. We've got a good business center in the Galleria business center up in the woodlands. And so downtown parking is kind of proxy for the return to work for, for the office workers, for the white collar workers. And we're seeing that, that, you know, if they return to work, they're going to be parking or they're going to be taking metro and we're, we're seeing that uh parking is not being filled up we're seeing the garages are still empty downtown which is a sign that the office buildings aren't full which means people aren't returning back to their office jobs or their white collar jobs at least not yet yeah and you mentioned metro too i mean we know that metro's uh ridership is down by more than half uh, since all this began, uh, it's it's ticking back up slowly. Uh, they're they're actually bringing back some of their park and ride uh, services and so forth. But it is a very slow rebuild, and so uh, that is another metric, you know, another point that we can put into this in terms of how quickly folks are coming back to the office spaces. Another measure you are looking at is uh, restaurant reservations to the site open table. I actually went out this weekend and made a reservation to ensure we had a table. So I know this is a tool being used. Uh, what does it tell, what does that specific metric tell us right now in terms of people returning to sort of a sense of normalcy with regard to going out uh, and eating? When we're talking about parking spaces, we were talking about the business side of the economy. When we're talking about restaurant reservations, we're talking more along the lines of the consumer side of the economy. Uh, the restaurants were shut down in, in Texas for several weeks, and Governor Abbott has slowly opened them up. They're up back to where I believe 50% of capability. But as we start to see more people in the restaurants, one thing that shows that maybe people are a little bit more confident about going out in public, that also shows they're opening their, their pocketbooks back up, and it's showing a gradual uh, improvement in consumer confidence and consumer activity. Now, the, the consumer drives about two-thirds of the economy. Even in Houston, the consumer drives about two-thirds of the economy. And so what we need to do is we need to see an increase in consumer-related activity to see a, a recovery from this COVID-19 pandemic. Now let's take a break to hear from our sponsor. Bayou Business Download is made possible by PNC Bank, which is proud to support the Greater Houston Partnership. PNC believes that giving back to their customers, their employees, and our community is the right thing to do. Visit pnc.com slash about us to learn more. PNC Financial Services Group, Inc., all rights reserved. 
And bringing it back to our global focus, Patrick, those who have listened to this podcast before have heard you talk about the three legs of the Houston economy that the Houston economy relies heavily on, namely oil and gas, the national economy, and the global economy. Oftentimes, as one falters, the other the others help buoy us. Uh, right now, all three legs aren't looking so good, right? Yeah, if you consider it a three-legged stool, it seems like all three legs have cracks in them. And in a way, maybe it's, the legs aren't even there anymore. Maybe it's just a disc sitting on the ground. That's a scary uh, analogy. Um, but so <laughs> well, let's, let's well, unpack that a little bit. Now, AJ, these, these are unusual times. This is, for most people, this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah. This will be the sort of thing that people will tell their grandchildren about. It's the sort of thing that historians are going to write about. There are going to be so many PhD dissertations written about the global pandemic, COVID-19, the shutting down of the economy. But every recession we had had in the past has ended. And this one will too. It's just a matter of how soon and how much more pain the economy and individuals have to go to before we, we get to that inflection point and we start to see the improvement. Patrick, talk if you can about Houston's place in the country in terms of exports. Where do we fall as compared with other major metros uh, like New York, Los Angeles, or New Orleans? Well, AJ, we, we lead the U.S. in exports. We ship more overseas than any other metropolitan area. In 2019, the Houston metropolitan area shipped over $120 billion worth of goods overseas. And it all didn't leave from the Port of Houston. Some of it could have gone out through Los Angeles, Long Beach, or through Miami, or, or through New York. But it originated here. It was stuff that we produced here, that we packaged here, that we assembled here. Uh, but by comparison, when I say we did $120 billion, New York is number two. New York only did $97 billion. And Los Angeles only did $65 billion. And so real quick, uh, after you get past number two, you get to number three, all the other metros did less than half of what Houston did last year. We're definitely a globally focused economy. And that's one of the reasons why the slowdown of the global growth or the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the drop off, whether it's in Latin America or Asia or Europe, is having an effect on Houston's economy. Who are we actually trading with? Who are our top trading partners, if you will? And does that list fluctuate much from year to year? Well, it, it shouldn't surprise anybody that, that Mexico is our number one trading partner. We, we share a common border with them. We have long-standing cultural and business ties. So Mexico's number one. Last year, Brazil was number two. And that's a bit of a change because it used to be Mexico and China, number one and number two. But we've had this trade war with China, and our, our trade with China dropped off almost 40%. We only did, well, let me back up with Brazil. We did $15 billion. With China, we, we did uh, just under $15 billion. South Korea, we did about $13.5 billion. Then the Netherlands, India, Germany, the United Kingdom, Japan, Colombia. Now, I look at this list, and I really expect we'll probably see an increased amount of trade with, with the UK because of Brexit. And I see with the growth in India's economy, we're probably doing more trade with India in the future. But as far as China, until we get these trade wars resolved, until we, we find out uh, just what sort of relationships we're going to have with China, I can see that level of trade being depressed for quite a while. What do you see broadly as some of the bigger impacts of the coronavirus on our ability to do business internationally here in Houston? If I had to summarize it in just three big impacts, one would be that the COVID-19 virus it's going to slow down the growth of trade. The other thing is it's going to reduce the amount of international passengers that fly into and out of Houston. And it's going to have an impact on foreign direct investment or what we often refer to as FDI. And, and those will be 
impacts it will take uh, uh, two to three years probably to finally resolve is for us to get back to normal levels in those areas. I want to talk for a minute, if we can, about the rise in anti-trade sentiment around the world. You know, globalism, increasing free trade seemed to be where we were headed for a long time. What happened in the last few years and how did the coronavirus further impact that trajectory? I think uh, there's an inverse relationship between globalism and nationalism. Mm. And I think we're seeing more and more people concerned about what's going on at home. They do not see themselves as, as global citizens. They see themselves as citizens of the U.S. or of, or of Poland or of, of Mexico or Brazil. And so they're wanting to make sure they take care of what goes on at home. So they're maybe less open to, to global trade. If, if you go back 10 years ago, there were so few tariffs and there were so few restrictions on trade. There were, there were only uh, about 50 or 60 or 70 that, that the World Trade Organization could track. Last year, last year, 2018, they came up with almost 1,500 different tariffs and trades and so forth. It affected only about 2 or 3% of trade 10 years ago. Now we have tariffs and restrictions on, on close to 8% of trade. And that was in 2018. Now, once we get the data for 2019, I really suspect that the impact will be in the double digits on, on, on trade. Switching to one of the other points that you mentioned a few minutes ago, and that's foreign direct investment or the investments overseas companies are making here in Houston, how has that grown in the last decade? And what's your big concern there in the months and years ahead? Well, well Houston would not be a global city if it wasn't for the, the global direct investment that we often refer to as, as FDI. In the last 10 years, there have been 669 announcements uh, foreign direct investment in the Houston area. We know that because we have something called the New Business Announcements Database where we try to track all announcements in the region. They come from 37 different countries. They were in 63 different industries and they represented $35.6 billion in investment, at least. Now, a lot of these projects won't divulge how much they're investing in Houston, but we know it's a lot. So that $35.6 billion is really an undercount or an underestimate, or, or if you want to use a, a major league term, it's a low ball. Hmm. Yeah. And what I really suspect is that we probably saw 40 or 50, maybe $60 billion in FDI in Houston over the last 10 years. But we will never know for sure because some firms just quietly make the investment. You see it going up, but they don't divulge how much they're spending in Houston. Sure. But the big concern is what does that look like moving forward, right? Oh, yes. I mean, we have to have the FDI for the economy to continue to grow. Well, it'll grow. It just won't grow as fast. Think about that. When these companies come to town, they make an investment along the ship channel. They make an investment in the energy corridor. They might make, be making investments up in the woodlands. And when they do that, they're, they're buying property. They're building buildings. They're building plants. They're jobs associated there. When they come to town, they hire people and they pay salaries. And when they come to town, they bring their technology from overseas with them. So the concern is, for one, if you have a slowing global economy, if you're worried about your firm's ability to service debt, if you're laying people off, you're not going to be making a, a venture overseas. By overseas, that would be someone over there coming to here. You're going to be trying to be very conservative about how you spend your money. And so they're not going to be investing here. Also, the, the concern is, is that with people inability to travel here, because of all the international travel restrictions, they're going to be less likely to invest in use. And it's like buying a car. I know some people buy cars online, but a lot of people really like to go out and still kick the tires. And we have to have people come to Houston kind of kicking the tires and looking at the way we do business and the properties are here and getting some sense of the workforce before we can get them to invest here. So it's not just the slowing of the global economy. It's also this inability to just visit the place that you're looking at investing, which is going to slow down 
FDR, foreign direct investment. And there's one other thing we need to touch upon, AJ. Okay. And that's the fact that international air travel is going to be the last of the aviation sectors to recover. We're going to see domestic travel recover first, and people have to get comfortable traveling domestically, you know, traveling for an hour or two before they're going to be willing to get on a plane and travel for 10 or 12 hours. People are, are still worried about catching the virus. They're reluctant to go into the office. So if they're not going to want to go into the office, are they going to want to get on a plane with a bunch of strangers and travel for four hours in a closed environment? And so right. that's going to slow down international air travel. You know, a lot of the countries still have their borders closed to foreigners. I know we have a lot of restrictions on foreign flights into the U.S. And if you can't come to town, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to make purchases or you're going to make fewer purchases. We won't be able to call on our clients overseas. It's going to affect uh, this, this wonderful fabric of diversity and international nature that we have here in Houston. It's not going to go away, but it's just not going to be growing as fast as it had been in the last few years. That makes sense. And certainly the, the opportunity to spend, the spending capacity of those folks that are coming in from overseas is diminished significantly. Yes, there's the impact of having tourists come here and tourists spend money. And there are actually a lot of real estate in town, which is sold specifically to investors from Latin America or Asia. And that real estate is going to be harder to sell now because they can't come here. But it also means Houston firms are going to have a challenge trying to go overseas to call on clients or call on new clients. A lot of business can be transacted over the internet, but at some point you want to talk to someone face-to-face. At some point you want to shake hands. At some point you need to get some sense for the character and the personality of the people in the firm that you're doing business with. And it's a lot easier to do that face-to-face, person-to-person than it is through a video screen. Patrick, do you see any, any bright spots at this point in time that we can point to? Uh, we are starting to see the economy slowly reopen. We are starting to see people get a little bit more confident about going out in public. And so that's, that's the first signs. We talk about shoots. I mean, yes, there's shoots out there, but we need the shoots to grow into trees. And so uh, we're seeing shoots. We're not seeing the trees yet. So we're, we're, we're slowly starting to get better, but it's going to take a little while. Patrick, thanks for your insight today. I appreciate it. AJ, it's good to be with you again. I always enjoy trying to share some insights and give some people a little bit of a knowledge that they can use to make better informed business decisions. All right. And that's it for this episode of the Bayou Business Download. Thank you again to PNC Bank for helping make this podcast possible. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do so by visiting the podcast page on Houston.org. You'll also find links to recent data and news updates. We're also updating our coronavirus resource page with links, articles, and tools geared towards the Houston business community. You can find the link on our homepage or go to Houston.org slash coronavirus. Please continue to follow the directives from local officials and health experts. And thank you again for listening to Bayou Business Downloads.